Hi, everybody. Welcome to On Tilt. We're so happy that you're able to join us. Um, today, we got an exciting show. It's been an ex exciting last 24 hours, right? We just put in place our first Black African-American, I know they go together, right? Um, Vice President Kamala Harris. We are so excited about this. Um, so, you know, I have my sport in my Howard University alumni sweatshirt. And guess what? I also got my chucks on. Let me see if we can put it in the film. My chucks on, too. <laughs> the only thing I don't have is my pearls on today. I should have grabbed them. I had them on yesterday. But welcome, everyone. As you know, um, before we start the show, we do a moment of silence. But we also wanted to make sure that we send up um, support to Julius Boatwright, who is unable to join us today. He had a um, family situation he needed to address. And um, so last week it was my turn and he held it down. We're going to hold it down for him this week. So, guys, I'm excited. I can't wait till we jump into um, our episode today. We have a special guest all the way from ATL. She's a firehouse. She is just awesome. Um, but she's also a mother in, in the movement, um, an activist. Um, it was not a call that she volunteered for. But it was a call like so many of us mothers who are fighting injustice on the behalf of our children. You know, we were called to the situation and we answered. And not only that, we reached back and grabbed other mothers' hands. So we got an exciting. Um, we're going to bring her on after a moment of silence. We got an exciting show, but let's 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 do things in decent order and let's have a moment of silence and let's think about all the families right now who are, who have experienced loss um, because of COVID and, and other losses as well. So let's just go into our moment of silence. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, as I stated before, um, we went into a moment of silence. We have a special guest today. Her name is Monteria Robinson. I'm excited to have her on the show. She is just a powerhouse. She's inspirational. Um, Monteria and I, we have done several projects together. We have... Um, Worked with moms of black boys and went to the Essence Festival in 2019. And you know, we volunteered there and, and, and just spent a lot of time networking and meeting other, partnering up with other people, meeting other people. Um, see, we, Atlanta, we met up in Atlanta. We just, we just had such a chemistry and a connection. We met up in Washington, D.C. at the March. Uh, we we spent time with Ahmaud Aubrey. There she is. Hi. 
Hi. <laughs> we spent time with um, Wanda and my Oh, um, yeah. And I, was, I talked with her yesterday. I was on the phone with her yesterday, as a matter of fact. I told you say I'm her name. Be on the show. Yeah, I'll, I'll let her know. I'll let her know for yeah. sure. Because uh, uh, she's going to be coming this way soon to Atlanta, Georgia. So I would definitely uh, let her know. But thank you so much for. You know, having me, uh, thank you for letting me uh, utilize your platform. I really appreciate it. And every opportunity I get, you know, I'm always there, especially when one of the mothers called me. So I'm always there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I know you have been a tremendous help to me. And when we met back at the Essence Festival, we linked up to that airport. Yes. That time there, we had a ball. But we were also mission focused, too. Correct. And um, so it was because of that passion and love that we connected on that level and have been friends since then. I I consider you my sister girl. I am your sister girl because, you know, we are. You know, because we always say, you know, we are part of this, you know, unwanted sorority that and fraternity because, you know, I have brothers, too, that we did not choose to be a part of. But but being that we were put in this realm, we have taken, I would say we have taken the ball and ran with it, you know. And so, you know, I always say that I am not only the voice for my son, but I'm also the voice you know, for those that, you know, that can't speak for their sons or family members as well. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, here is, you know, I I just call myself, like you say, I'm a powerhouse. I, you know, they've been calling me the mother of the movement. And I say, and I'll take that, you know, (laughs) title humbly, you know, because I always say I have something to say and I want my voice to be heard because my son, Jamarian Robinson, did not die in vain. Absolutely. I mean, just watching you and and how much the Atlanta area, you know, all of Georgia. I mean, everybody knows you. If you're in ATL, you know about the Jamarian Robinson case. If you don't, I don't know what rock you've been under. But we even know about it here in in, in the metropolitan area of Washington, D.C. And believe it or not, where I spend part time at in Pittsburgh, we know also about your case. Your case is one of those rare cases mm-hmm. in which you when you want to when we talk about on tilt and black mental health and policing here in America, your case is almost the what do you call it? The um the the milk carton you know uh uh display or advertisement or whatever that that best describe how how brutal this uh-huh. how brutal you know how far a police officer or uh, a whole police institution can go when it comes to murdering our children and yours is I was wondering, you know, sometimes I question myself because I feel like I put in, you know, it's been four and a half years and I feel like, you know, I've, I've been putting in the work, but I was like, are people listening? Have people heard me? Uh, Because, you know, always said, you know, when my son was initially killed, you know, they always drop these false narratives on our children for the community to believe. But I think now the community go, wait a minute. Let's backtrack. Let's go back. 
Let's look Absolutely. at some of these cases that happened, you know, 2014, 2015, Absolutely. 2016. You know, you got these mothers saying, my son was killed. My son was murdered. My son, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, I've been saying that the entire time my son was murdered. You know, he was Absolutely. killed. These are lies. And come to find out, you know, all of my, you know, my deposition and stuff just came back in that showed how police murdered and executed my son and everything that I said initially from day one was facts. Cause I was like, I know my son, you follow what I'm saying? You know, yeah. go tell those false narratives to someone else. And so, uh, as you stated the last, you know, uh, again, my name is Monteria Robinson. Give us a little backdrop okay. because not everybody on here. Know my you story. Know, and you're, okay. and, and I want to say poster child. Okay. That's, that's what I want to say. Not the milk carton. The poster, poster child. child. Okay. Yes, for this whole movement, because like you said, four years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and now with the whole Black Lives Matter and the George Floyds and the Atiana Jeffersons and the Breonna Taylor, we're backtracking. Mm-hmm. And now we're becoming, as women, more empowered to not use the word kill and die. We're calling it what it is. Our children were murdered. Right. So go they yeah, they were murdered. They were ex- executed. Uh, again, my name is Monteria Robinson. I'm the mother of Jamarian Robinson. You know, I always say to people, who was Jamarian Robinson? Jamarian Robinson was a student athlete at Tuskegee University at the time of his death. Jamarian was actually executed on August 5th, 2016. He was actually visiting one of his friends' homes in uh, Eastport, Georgia, you know, which is uh, Fulton County here in Atlanta, Georgia. But on August uh, 5th, 2016, uh, he was over her house. You know, she had just left the house about 1.15 and about one at 1.30 p.m. sharp. Her door was battle rammed open by 17 road police officers from Atlanta to Fulton County to Fayette County to Clayton County to a U.S. Marshal Service task force. And they had no search warrant which makes everything they did illegal. After they battle rammed the door open, they immediately, you know, they threw out, put down the gun, put down, as they always typically do. Uh, They threw out that false narrative, uh, put down the gun, and then they immediately opened fire on my son. Over 90 rounds were fired at my son. And to be exact, 110 shots were fired. 110 rounds were fired at my son. Flashbang grenades were thrown at him, landing on him, burning him. Someone walked up the stairs, stood over my son, and shot down into his body. One of my forensic experts says uh, they shot down to his body three times. And then my second forensic expert that came in later, he was like, no, it wasn't three times. It was actually five times. Mm -hmm. After that, he was handcuffed and drugged down the flight of stairs. So my son received over over 50 rounds, over 50 shots. I mean, he was shot 59 times, basically. He had 59 entry wounds and 17 exit wounds. So you'll always hear me saying my son had 76 bullet holes to his body, which he did. He had 76 bullet holes to his body. My son was only like, what, five, six, five, seven, maybe like 150 pounds. That's like my height and size. So imagine... 76 bullet holes to his body. He was shot six times in the palm of his right hand, five times in the palm of his left hand, all down his arms, his torso, his thighs, his groin, his shins, his feet. 
So kind of just like meditate on that for a moment. And after, you know, doing all of this, my mother, my brothers, you know, my a few of my aunts and uncles, they arrived on my on the scene. And so my son is the first grandchild. So, you know, that's like the baby of the entire right. family because he right. was our first baby in the family. Uh, but my mother was asking them, you know, like, why, why, why would you all do something like this? Why, why? They stated, oh, we were looking for him from a week ago. He pointed a gun at a police officer and took off running. And then they showed my mother and my two brothers a photo of the person they were looking for. And it, my mother went, that's not my grandson. My two brothers went, that's not our nephew. And then my older brother said, you know, my nephew looks like me. He flipped out his cell phone. He showed them. It was a recent photo of my son that he had taken. It was only like maybe a couple of days or maybe a week or two old um, that he had taken. So my brother showed the GBI lady that photo. The GBI lady asked my brother to airdrop that photo to her, which my brother did. They took that photo, dropped it on the news that night, and said East Point man had a shootout with police today. False so, narrative. So that's the false narrative that they dropped. And just to kind of bring you current with everything, yeah. uh, my, my uh, uh, you know, and I've changed attorneys three times since I've, you know, been... Which well, is common. Know, yeah, throughout this process. Um, mm -hmm. But initially, in the beginning, you know, after they dropped the false narrative, my family and I, we hired our own forensic expert, our own law enforcement, uh, our law, our own uh, investigator, I meant to say, our very own investigator, a forensic person and a ballistic person in the beginning. And so with that being said, my investigator was the one who found an actual video that showed the outside footage of what actually took place. Mm -hmm. uh, the forensic expert, of course, you know, he was the one who kind of gave me the description of my son's deceased corpse or what happened to him, uh, so on and so forth. But my deposition just came back in, uh, uh, my attorney just completed my deposition uh, last year, October the 23rd, 2020. And some of the facts that's in the deposition, it, I mean, I'm, I want to read them to you real quick. Like it says gun found on scene was inoperable and did not have Jamarian fingerprints on it. So that's very important because remember, initially they stated August 5th, 2016, that my son had a shootout with them. So that was a lie. Because the gun found on the scene did not work. Wow. And it did not have my son's fingerprints on it. You follow it up? So follow me here. It also stated um, that uh, officers turned off their body cameras and none of the employing agencies, because there were so many different entities or the uh, police departments that were involved, none of them conducted their own independent like investigation of what happened to my son. And none of the officers at this time have been arrested or charged. And so with all of that being said, I, I, I um, we uh, recently, you know, with my help, because, you know, we've had the same DA district attorney for the last, I think it was, had been 24, 22 years or somewhere in there, 22, 23 years. But, along with me and the other community activists, we got him out of that seat because there has been over, since 2015, there has been over 180 black men, over 180 black men killed by Atlanta here in Georgia. And nobody is talking about it. Nobody is doing nothing about it.
And, you know, that's why it's so important to have you on because, you know, our platform on tilt, we don't only address what's happening in Pittsburgh. We look, this issue is everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And that's why we bring mothers on and parents and families Mm -hmm. because it's it's not an isolated situation. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care what district, who's who, you know, there's an issue when it comes to policing and our young black men. Mm-hmm. Last year alone, 826 people have died at the hands of some type of police interaction. And, and, and you better believe not all of them had cameras. Not oh. Most of them didn't even, was even captured on film. That's the and, problem. And you know what? They turn off uh, their their body cameras. That's the issue. Because one of the, and his name is never said or talked about, but his name is um, Oscar Kane. He was an activist here in Atlanta that fought for the body cameras. He was the one who fought to make them wear body cameras here in the state of Georgia. How about police killed him? In twenty nineteen, in twenty nineteen, he was killed by police, and he was one of the main activists that led and pushed for body cameras to be worn by police. So it's when I say it's a tremendous problem, it is. And you know, we and here in Atlanta, you know, our most of our elected officials, they're people that look like us, but are they helping us? Come on, uh, are they I helping us all or the assisting us? Absolutely. uh, Bring about police accountability. No, they're not. They're basically shifting the blame to the other person. Because you also got to remember our mayor here in Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, was running for that same seat as Kamala Harris. And uh, when she was running, she then wanted to have conversation with us mothers. But all of us mothers, you know, like from these recent cases to cases going all the way back, because most of the killings have occurred in her county, Fulton County, which was the county of uh, it was actually John Lewis uh, district. Majority of the killings uh, happened in John Lewis district and no one addressed it. Not even John Lewis. You know, I mean, we were on him since uh 2016 to help us with jamarian's case you know not only was i on him but the fulton county da was on him too as well to assist us but he never you know came out to say anything to help us he said he was going to but he never did but you know it's neither here nor there but you know but our mayor keisha lance bottoms when she started running for that vice president seat then she wanted to have a conversation she had like that you know, like we have, you know, I know, you know, I know everybody here in Atlanta. So one of the, one of my, one of her, like one of the, how to say it, one of our mutual friends said, "Hey, Keisha Lance Bottoms wants to meet with you and the other mothers." Da 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 da. So I have an organization here called Justice for Georgia that houses most of, you know, that houses all the mothers uh, from police brutality. So you know, I gathered them. You know, we had a meeting, and I said, "Hey." You know, how many want to meet with us? You know, how many how many of you all would like to meet with Keisha Lance Bobs? I said, now that she's running for the seat 
for the vice president. She wanted to have a conversation with us. And all of us said, oh, I call her office. You know, we sent emails, you know, and with some of us that was before her, like uh, the the mayor that was before her, because Shane Reed, you know, a lot of us had reached out to his office. Mm -hmm. I know I had because my son was killed during his term. And so I reached out, I sent emails, but every, her, her, um, her, Kashin Reed, as well as her administration, they both declined to meet with me. And they all the other mothers said that they did basically the same thing, too. And they declined to meet with them as well. So when she started running for that seat, she wanted to have a sit down conversation with us. We all voted. That's everybody politics. said no. Everybody said no, because she already knew. She wanted to go ahead and meet with us to try to silence us. You follow what I'm saying? Because she already knew when she started to run for that seat, you know, we were going to be coming for her, especially me. Because, you know, I'm real aggressive. Like, I don't play with them. We try to tell the mothers. We say, look, and that's one of my platforms. You know, look, before before you come knocking on the door asking for votes, we got a couple of questions. We're done with just you think it's okay to exploit us coming to the community, feed uh-huh. us, buy us our vote, walk through the neighborhood with a lot of promises. And I'm like, now, and I, hey, look, and I challenge even the people in my community. When you see politicians, especially the ones that look like us, uh-huh. you know, ask them this question. Yeah, you want my vote, but did you know that there's a mother on hunger strike? And right. today is 200 days. What are we doing about that social injustice? Did you know right. that there's a mother whose son in Atlanta been shot 74 times 76. during a home raid? Right. That is crazy. Unarmed man, 74 times. In the um comments, there's a young woman who just reported that her cousin was shot in Toledo. Just this past Monday, Toledo, Ohio, shot 33 times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is why the Marcus Jalen Brown Foundation is going to go up, partner with your foundation and a lot of other mother foundations out here. We want to understand why police are taking their time getting these police reports to us months at a time, opportunity to change them. But not only that, why are we firing 33 shots, 74 shots? How many shots does it take to know that this person, you know, it shouldn't take one, but excessively? Excessive. Excessive. It's crazy. But when I saw your pictures, let me tell you about this mother here. This mother is bold. She and her fight had not only helped other mothers in the area who were scratching their head, what happened to my child? And saying, you know what? It wasn't on camera, but mm-hmm. we yes, And we want to know what happened to our child. We want it investigated. Correct. So you went as far as took pictures. It almost remind me of Tillman. Right. And I don't you know if you saw pictures. it. Did yes. you see it you when I dropped them yeah, Girl, did you I, see them when I dropped them on Facebook? I, I, I dropped them out. on face Facebook. Actually, I, actually, I dropped them on Facebook twice. I dropped them in 2016, but then Facebook sure. and stuff wasn't as prominent or you know as it is now. But but in May, right before everything, the protests, the marching, 
happened, I just so happened I dropped my son's body again because I was like, you know, the virus had just happened. Uh, my job had just ended due to the virus. And I was like, okay, you know, that was in April. I was like, okay, I'm about to go back in full mold again. Right. So soon as I dropped my son's body again, I think I used even more photos, uh, graphic ones. I dropped them on Facebook. I got over 5,000 shares. Then after that, I went to IG and dropped them there, so on and so forth. But once I dropped my son's photos, I think a, a couple of days later, Amar Aubrey was killed, right? Yep. So Amar Aubrey was killed. He, you know, th this happened in Brunswick, Georgia. I'm from Brunswick, Georgia. That's where I was born and raised. My, my mother, my father, their parents, they're from Brunswick, Georgia. So I have all my family live mm -hmm. in Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, and so that was like my connection kind of to Brunswick, Georgia was through like the Ma Aubrey case. And right. so, and like you said, you know, I met Wanda uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, her and I recently did a documentary together along with another family. So that'll be dropping really soon. Uh, that's 212 Degrees is the name of that documentary. Uh, but, you know, it's like I've been you know, aggressively out here beating the pavement, like aggressively, like y'all, you know, cause I feel like even here in Georgia, you know, like the mayor, they coming on news. She talk about national cases. You know, she, we know when she started running for this VP mm -hmm. chair, she started talking about all the national what's cases. Going on, what's going on she in the backyard? Never had, she never talked about what's going on in her own backyard. backyard. And I said to myself, okay, since, Cause I was like, why are you not talking about saying my son case when well, my son case is one of the most heinous cases in U.S. history? Because I always say, how many people out here know somebody that's been shot 50 plus times? Raise your hand. Like nobody know of her. How many of you all know somebody that's has got 76 bullet wait, holes? Wait, wait a minute. Body? What about the grenade, Monteria? How, how many of y'all know people that do that, that have had flashbang grenades thrown on them, landing on them? But that was all cover up. That's the reason they did it. And they were expect they weren't expecting for me, they were expecting for this case to be open and shut, basically. They wasn't expecting for me to fight back. You know, because a lot of parents don't know what to do. I've had so many mothers whose sons were killed prior to my son. They just said, I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't know they what to do. Know. And they, they just thought if know. you don't know, you just don't know. You know. You and so um so I just kind of went full speed ahead. You know, a lot of my family are like military people too as well. And so, you know, we just went full speed ahead with everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm so happy that you mentioned that, you know, when, you know, from my own experience, the initial shock, it, it takes time just to even process the initial shock of losing a child, especially suddenly. And, you know, you, you know about a lot of things, you know, how to prepare your child, you know, for, for college, how to prepare your child to get a driver's license, how to prepare your child just for life circumstances, life happenings. Right. But when your child is snatched from you, it's as if you just, you just don't know what to do. You don't know who to call. You don't know mm. what the first thing to do. You don't, you're just numb, frozen, in shock. But while you're in shock, 
the legal entity, the police officers, the police institution are building their, are CYA and building their case to insulate them from risk, from, from, you know, a risk management position. Uh-huh. And, and which puts the mothers or the victim's family at a disadvantage. Because then we got to vet attorneys. We got to get an attorney. We got to do all of the things. Right. There's a lot on the plate for someone taking our children from us. Uh-huh. We, you know. So it's I, like a, so it's still, it's like, well, I guess you're saying it's like a struggle for us, which it is. Because like you said, we got to vet attorneys. You got to see what attorneys are for you, what which ones are against you. Because some of them, They'll drag your cases out and let your like. I just found found out another mother just the other day. She thought all her stuff had been done, like a civil case, so on and so forth. Come to find out, none of that had has been done. She's passed her two year statute. So with me, it's like I was having that same issue. I was a year in. I'm like, and I'm an adjuster, an insurance adjuster. So I know how insurance and claim filing, all of that stuff work. I know you have you know, two-year statute, et cetera, et cetera. But I kept asking my attorney, what was the statute on my case? And he kept telling me five years. So my first attorney. So I fired him after my first year because he told me that my case wasn't moving because he had me paying for everything out of pocket. Like everything out of pocket. Mm -hmm. So he told me my case wasn't moving because I owe like a $3,000 balance. So you're sitting on over a million dollar case and you're talking about three thousand dollars really so i got rid of him after that first year i moved on to my second attorney he got my civil suit file and all of that which was great but as i went through some of his stuff and started reading you know the um the the what is it when they file your civil suit you start the reading the the what is they the, what is it called Depositions? Well, it's not the dep. Well, it's I can I guess we could call it. It's not their deposition, but it's basically your civil filing. I'm just gonna say that. So mm -hmm. it's your civil filing of your case, and when they go in, they go back and forth with you know, it's the plaintiff going back and forth with the defendant, so on and so forth. But as I went through and started reading uh, what they were submitting to the judge, so on and so forth, like the judge was talking about what my attorney was doing wrong. Like in the summary, you mm -hmm. follow what I'm saying? So yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to lose this if I keep this attorney. So I had to go out and vet another attorney again. So the attorney I got my third time around, when I say he is a beast, he's a beast. I know, I know who your attorney is. When I say he is a beast, he's a beast. And his name is uh, Mario Williams, but he's like one of them last night quite quiet attorneys you'll never like see him in the media because he's like the type of person like he already know how i am he'd be like i'll just give her the information and she'll take it from there you follow what i'm saying but i always too tell people they always say well what would you you know advise other mothers you know i always tell an attorney that believes in your case will invest in your case that's Absolutely. what i've learned throughout this journey i don't know what have you learned throughout this journey you know since you've been on this journey well, let me tell you, I'm I'm in the same situation right now. I can't I can't really discuss it right now because I am in the um, court proceedings and and and, and you know and going through the legal um, process at this time. But what I can tell you is that's the reason why the Marcus Jalen Brown Foundation is is birth 
based on the fact that I know if I experienced it, if you experienced it, mm-hmm. how many mothers out here have experienced something happen to their child and not really understanding or trusting? See, see, the big attorneys will come with film. If, if you have film. That's my point. So if you have film, the big attorneys will come. But if you don't have footage, they don't come. You better vet them attorneys. Yes. Because if they, and to your point, they will come, and if they believe your case, they will finance your case. And if it's captured in media, and it's leaked to media, and it becomes a big to-do, you have attorneys that that's the only type of cases they will take on. Right. Because I've had them to tell me that where there's no video, like there's like actual, like they want to see them actually shot. But a real Absolutely. attorney don't have to. A real attorney don't have to see no video. They can put all the evidence, the the facts, the investigation pieces. Right. You all you have to do, and I'm gonna tell you all they have to do. All they have to do is bring in expert witnesses, because that's what happened with my third attorney. My 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 first two attorneys didn't bring in no expert people. My you know I remember I told you I had to pay for my own forensic my own investigator, my own ballistic person with my first attorney. But my second attorney didn't bring in no expert people. But my third attorney that I have right now, he brought in another forensic person. He brought in a chiropractor expert. He brought in a law enforcement expert. He brought in an orthopedic expert. So they showed like everything because they said, you know, they were saying my son had a shootout with them. He was shooting at them. But, but they forgot that they all told what actually happened after they killed my son, like their initial statements was like August the 6th, August the 8th, those days. So they forgot they hadn't already told. They all, all of them stated that after they shot my son like 20 something times, like about 20 times after two volley, two rounds were fired at him, my son fell to the ground. They all put down their original statements. So why is it that over another seven, eight, or nine volleys, which is like over another 80-something more rounds were fired at my son when he was down on the ground. My experts show and prove all of that. You know, without without footage, without without actually seeing them shooting him all the many times. Absolutely. they, They knew from the condition of his body, like how he was laid, how he was positioned, how he had defensive wounds. I was like... They did the work. They did the work. They did the work. And that's what, I, and that's the difference. And you, and you have to be extremely intentional and wise and knowledgeable about what attorney you select. Right. Because if you don't ask questions, if you don't do your homework, if you're not on top of their ass, I'm telling you, they will. You will meet your statute of limitation. That's a whole nother show. We're going to. I know. We, I was like, oh yeah. Well, I, that's we a whole too. The legality of protecting and and fighting on behalf of your child, like whole nother show. But the bottom line is, to your point, you have to be a very Participant mother. No, a mother that is very participatory in what's going on with your child's case because you don't have too much time to grieve. Right. You don't. Not at all. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. You can't afford afford to grieve. You can't. You got to put your grief on a on a on a back burner. On the shelf. Right. Because you gotta fight. You You gotta gotta do that. You gotta tell that child's narrative. 
But what has happened is so many. I know a mother right now in Pittsburgh who had a, a whole legal team that failed them uh-huh. and could not and, and missed the whole statute of limitation and had a very good case. But they do that on purpose now because a lot of times they're paid under the table to let them statues run out. Because a lot of mothers feel like, oh, I got an attorney. They'll take care of and do everything. But like you said, if you're not involved or participating in your case to see what's going on, you you because you don't know. You don't know you got two years or possibly three years of statute, depending on what state you in. You don't know these things. You just trust in your attorney. And a lot of times these attorneys they do that intentionally because it's about politics. You give me a case, I give you this. You give me one, I give you one back. I'll bring this to you. You know, it's all about politics and right. And what make it so bad is our very own people that look like us. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned on a couple of times on this show, I said, you know, I wish I could pinpoint to any one race that is doing this to our black young men and women. You might as well add the women to it because yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's climbing. It's not as much as the black men, but they're climbing in that area as well. But yes. it's it's a mentality. That's why we say the policing in America is broken. It's, it's not definitely broken. It, it, it's not something that really needs to be reformed. It it really is broken. It's broken. And if you ask me if it's going to be fixed or if it's going to be fixed with this new administration, no, it's not. Why I say that? Because when Obama was president, more black men was killed during his administration. And and, and saying that, me and my son, Jamarian Robinson, and like the after Philando Castile was killed and him and I was talking about Philando Castile, Mike Brown Jr. and Jamari was saying to me, and I, and I said to Jamari, Jamari actually said to me, like, Mom, Mama, I'm not afraid to die. He said, where, where at first it was started our conversation, uh, we were, had just watched, you know, we was talking about Philando Castile and Mike Brown. Jamari said to me, well, Mama, I, you know, I'm not afraid to die, you know, because sometimes some of us have to die for the cause. And he said that, Mama, they're killing us every single day. And I was like, I know, baby, I know. And I said, but did you hear that while Obama is uh, president, that they were going to kill as many black men as they as they can? I said, have you ever heard that uh, that statement? He said, yes. Me and my friends talk about it all the time. Because that was like the word on the street. You know, when Obama became, oh, you never heard that? They say that, oh, yeah. And and it's like, I've heard it, like, I've talked to other people about it that that have heard that statement that while Obama was president, they were going to kill as many black men as they could. And they did. More black men were killed by police (laughs) in his term than any other president term. And so, uh, Jamari and I, just like, well, mom, you know, mama, some of us just, you know, he said, I'm not afraid to die because, you know, some of us have to die for the cause. And he was like, and and I'm OK. You know, I'm I'm willing to die for the cause. And yet and behold, my son was killed August of 2016. Because because think about it, you have, for you know, some of the national cases, Philando Castile, Mike Brown, Jr. Uh, we had what Sandra Bland, I think, was killed during that that term, too. Yes, uh, we had uh, Oscar Grant. Uh, we had Eric Gardner. We had, you know, Tamiria Rice. And, and, and you know, like all of these, most of them now are my friends. Like I didn't, you know, I was having a conversation about them 
you know, with my son. You know what I mean? I was telling her, you know, make sure if you stop by police, make sure you're doing this and that, da da da. You know, yeah. but you know, it doesn't matter if they comply because my son Jamari has a motorcycle and he always used to get speeding tickets. Mm -hmm. So when they killed him, I knew my son complied. Because he had defensive wounds. Because I was like, wow, on this day, he didn't comply when y'all bust the door open. But all these mm -hmm. other 10 times, he done had so many speed tickets when he been stopped by police mm -hmm. that he complied. But on this particular day, he had a shootout with you all. That didn't make sense to me. And I was like, no, come with a better narrative than that. Because my son is a student at Tuskegee University. So take mm -hmm. that narrative and go tell that to somebody else. And I knew at that point in time, I, I I was going to have to be able to prove what happened to my son. So I knew I was going to have to fight this judicial system. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you know, I, I spoke to, I went to visit Tracy. Um, uh, that's Trayvon's Martin's uh, mom. No. Oh, no, not, no. Not you, say, you say Trayvon. Trayvon Tracy. Martin. Martin. Yeah, Trayvon Martin, Martin and Sabrina. 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 Yeah, Sabrina. Yeah. We because I was like, weren't we all together? Yeah, we were all we together. together when we were at um when we were at the uh we were the, at the mark, we Yeah, I know we were walking like we back together, walking. huh? Yeah, we were all yeah, sitting all, <laughs> and then we were all sitting together as well, Sabrina, too. I hope Sabrina not looking at this. She's like, girl, why you call me Trace? You know, we, you know, we, um, sorority. It's so oh, right, right. I know that, right. And I was like, so once it came out my mouth, I was like, that don't sound right. Sound right. Yeah. Like, I was going to go, I was about so to go, like, which, which Tracy? Huh? So many mothers in the movement that we're fortunate to know. It's so many of us. with them. You know, we have, in Pittsburgh, we have Michelle Kennedy. And, um, you know, that's Antoine Rose's mom. And you know, you met her. Then you didn't you meet her? No, I think no. So. She left. She no, I don't think I don't think you met her. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean you say who is Antoine Rose's mother? I, no, I don't yeah, think Michelle I met her. No, I, I, don't I don't think, think I met her. her. I think you missed her. She was okay. was there at the um at the march. At the march. Yeah. It was so it was so chaotic there. You you as you it was saw so much going on. Yeah. So, and no water. People no water. <laughs> No water. Crazy. No water. That was crazy. But um, you know, Trayvon Martin got killed during President Obama's. Uh, I think oh yeah, Trayvon Martin too. It's so many names. Like yeah. But you know, in all of this, again, now Trayvon Martin. Um, Trayvon Martin didn't have body cameras. But where well, Trayvon Martin person was like he wasn't a police officer, wasn't he? Like a but still. Huh? But we we gonna lump him into law enforcement because yeah, he had a he, right exactly yeah right exactly no. I agree with you on that but he was like security or something like that you know so really it falls up under like you stated law enforcement too yeah yeah because he still you know he he was acting in that capacity he was so, acting in that capacity definitely so so to that to my point this is why again. And definitely, you know, share with some of the things that your foundation is doing. But the Marcus Jalen Brown Foundation, that's why we're going, we're championing behind body cameras. Not that, as we know, like in the Eric Gardner situation, we clearly saw 
Eric Gardner be choked to death. But the police officers got off. So it's, it doesn't exempt us. It doesn't give us any more protection. It helps, but it doesn't give, give us any more protection having the body cameras. But uh-huh. for a lot of grieving mothers out uh-huh. here uh-huh. and for accountability purposes and uh-huh. the movement, it's good to have the narrative of that victim and not it be the police officers against a deceased person. Against a deceased person. That's why it's crucial to have body cameras. And really, too, this qualified immunity, to be honest, is what protects them. Because I, you know, you know, even though they have body camera in some of these incidents, they still have that qualified immunity, which makes them really exempt. You know, so we really gotta. That's what we're like lobbying now against this qualified immunity. We got to get that off that the books. It. That's why the system is broken. That that's alone. why. That, that's, this, right. that, that's the word. Why is that's the it? In a, broken. It's the, the qualified of, immunity. That's it in a nutshell. It's because of this qualified immunity that exists that allows officers to kill us with no accountability. So we got to fight, like, you know, with lobbying. You know, we got to get this. This 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 law passed federal state, you know, across the board, you know, get this qualified uh immunity. We gotta get it abolished. You're a little you know? bit, you're a little bit um Ontario about mental health because if I'm correct, your son uh-huh. had, had also mental health issues. Correct. And, but un- yeah, it, it, but but the thing is my son did suffer from uh paranoia schizophrenia and now the more i think about it you know because my son was quiet he didn't bother anyone you know he always was listening to music you know even though he suffered from it he didn't bother he loved children so uh and he still was in school you know so he was still able to function you know i mean Mm -hmm. you know at times you know he may but but and, and and now the more I think about it, like a lot of stuff my son was telling me, you know, I was just thinking it was his mental health. But he kind of told me like the, like the stuff that has that happened to him, like how he was going to die. But I just thought he was just being paranoid, schizophrenic. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. But the stuff that he told me actually happened and it was true. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe, you know, he was a martyr. You know, I feel like sometimes martyrs are sent here for a reason, for a purpose. Like, I felt like, you know, I could say, well, maybe my son was sitting here for a reason, for a purpose to show the world what police brutality, what police violence looked Mm -hmm. like in its rarest form. What this beast, because it's a beast. This is what it looked like. Jamarian Robinson face, you know, 76 bullet holes to his body. And then one of the most heinous crimes in U.S. history. And like the politicians here you know, from the governor to the mayor in the city of Atlanta, they have not even addressed it. You know, no one has apologized to my family. They have not even said my son's name when they come on the news. They say names of these national cases. So what I did to them, I say, okay, since y'all not going to say my son's name, I got a total of like 10 murals here in the city of Atlanta, like in downtown. So you can't go nowhere in the city of Atlanta and not see my son's mural. You follow I mean, what I'm saying? You had a billboard. I still got billboards. <laughs> I still got them. I'm not I'm playing with y'all. y'all. I'm don't not playing with them. Look, I, 
Come and, on. You know, I say y'all could call me whatever y'all want to, an angry black mother, because that's what I am. Because I was doing things their way. I was being patient. But I was like, but that anger, it has consumed me now. Because it's like before, I'm, I'm holding it. I'm holding it. I'm holding it. I'm holding it because I'm waiting on them to do what's right. But 2020, I said, I'm done waiting on them. So now y'all about to get this angry black no, mother no. because that's what I am. I am angry. And, and, and mm -hmm. anybody that get in my way, they're going to get some. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm like, I'm done with playing these games with y'all. I'm done. Like, I'm done. My way going to get some, huh? They're going to get you know, it. But hands down, Monteria, I'm thinking about Emmett Till right now. Uh -huh. Emmett Till's mother was bold enough to say, you kill my son, you're going to see. My you, son. You're going to see my son. You're going to see what you did to him. Right. right. And when you did what you did, I, my mind immediately went back to Emmett Till. And right. I said, how powerful of an activist she was and didn't even know because oh. she, it came, it was birthed from a place of pain. It was birthed anger. from a place of pain and anger. And That's anger. it. You, you come, see, we're good. We're good as black women. We're good as black mothers. We'll play our part as your wife. We'll play our part as that as that child's mother. We'll be on, you know, we'll be the team mom. We'll champion. All we'll of that. Be, we'll be all of that. But you come for our children. You wake a beast up in us. You wake that beast up. And I'm like, because sometimes, you know, my, my team have to tell me, like, if I'm interviewing and talking to people, you know, I'll start getting so, like, angry and stuff like that. They'll be like, Miss Robinson, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Robinson. <laughs> She, she, they'd be like Shakina coming out. I'd be like, Oh, Shakina, calm down, Shakina. <laughs> I'd be like, Calm down, Shakina. I'd be like, Cause y'all don't want to meet Shakina. But, but, but I think, I think more mothers need to show them, show uh -huh. them. Uh -huh. This, you took my baby. This is what you did. If I was bold enough to to see my son laying there. I would probably. Uh. This is this is what happened. This is what y'all. This is what happened. And to be honest, you know, you know, people, you know, people always say to me, you know, how can you fight? I, you know, I see you like on everything, you know, because I, because I feel like I am divorced for my son. You know, my son didn't die in vain. Uh, you know, my heart is broken, but I'm I'm a fighter. I'm a queen. Mm -hmm. I'm a warrior. And and like you said, you came for y'all came for me because I was fine. You know, I was buying my own business. My family and I, we were minding our own business. And you know, I always felt like too, you know, just having conversations with me. I didn't think this could happen to me. Why I felt that way? Because I felt like, you know, I've made it. You know, I'm edu you know, my family, we're all educated. You know, I we make six figure incomes. You know, we live in, you know, we middle class people. You know, our kids, all our kids are in school, college, da 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 da. So I just thought this happened, to be honest, to them, them down there. But that's why I like for people to see my face, hear my voice. No, this happens to all like you know, all levels. Because people are not going to stop and ask your child, hey, is your mother the mayor? Hey, is your son the sheriff, the police sheriff? Hey, is your son, is your mother this person? So no, they're not going to ask all black kids. They're, all they see no, is their black don't. face. All they see. And our black officers, all they see is black 
space. So don't get it twisted. It's across all racial lines. Right. Uh, but you know, but black police officers, to be honest, they've been really brainwashed that we're the enemies. Because I have yeah. friends, you know, I got that's a friend point. that's a, pro, a black, uh, she's a black police officer. And she said to me when Trayvon Martin was killed, she said, why was he going to the store? Why he out going to the store? Dollar? And she said, that, but she said, but that was her thinking as a police officer. She said, wait, she had to snap back and go, wait a minute. That could have been my black son out yeah. there going to the store yeah. and buying Skittles, whatever, whatever. And then she it's said, the, then she had to say, the system. And she said, then I had to think back to why am I thinking that way? She said, it's the way they train us. She said, and she was like, Monteria. She said, all the videos and stuff that I, when I went to the police academy, she said, it showed black people committing the crimes. And they were, Absolutely. you know, all the videos showed black people committing crimes. And, and then they shooting and killing. You know, the black, they showing them video, but they ain't never showing them no video of a white person committing a crime. All the no. videos were like black criminals, black, oh. black, black. So right. say, that's yeah. why in their mind, they brainwashed too to think to think that their own race is the enemy. So that's they why you see on that with kids where they showed them but, black but, folks. But will they, they save them? Bad. But will they save a black police officer that kills someone or black? Would they save a black police officer that murder a white person? No, they would not. Prime well, example. Look at the Capitol. Look at the Capitol. Look at Muhammad, Muhammad Noor, who killed what her, her name was, what, two thousand you know, in two thousand what nineteen. Uh he killed Justine uh Damon out of uh she was the Australian woman out of mm -hmm. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Remember the black police yeah. officer shot and killed her. He said he was in the fear of his life. Did yeah. the system, did the blue lives matter protect him? No, they did not. Nope. They gave they him, I think, 15 years in jail. Yeah. I remember. We should have remember that? about that. I do remember that. But I know we, we, we're we actually coming towards the end of the program. Okay. This was, this was awesome. But I also wanted to touch on the fact. Okay. What happened at the U.S. Capitol? Oh yeah, definitely. And 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 and, and what message? See, see, what I'm thinking about is for so long we were called monkeys, mm -hmm. right? And we were <laughs> associated with animals. So when we had Black Lives, you know, uh, uh, um, protest, they had to bring out all the national guard. They were shooting rubber bullets rubber and throwing bullets. gas and stuff at us. You know, back in June. I was, in I was down there. I was down there. I was right there. Photo op. But look, what I saw 10 minutes from my house was people climbing up that did not look like us climbing the walls, the sides of the Capitol. I said, well, damn, is those your monkeys? Right. I said, where? It looked like mall cops out there. No disrespect to those who, who have literally tried to protect the Capitol, but they, they did not look like they was prepared or equipped they were probably prepared, but the thing is, they don't see their white America as being a threat. They don't see them as the way they see us. Because we know if that would have been us out there, you know, by the hundreds, by the thousands, there would have been, like, they typically have the, uh, like you say, they call in the, uh, what is the National Guards, you know, police. 
Because even they were doing that to us here in Atlanta. The mayor of them put curfews on us. They didn't yeah. want us out protesting. They were throwing gas, shooting rubber bullets at us because we out it in the streets. Curfews you know, and we was peacefully, peacefully protesting. Right. We peacefully protesting. And so here you got, like you say, this mob at the Capitol, you know, and they really just letting them through because you got to think about it. It's probably I'm because they all friends to, to me. I'm sure like a like a because a lot of the people that were out there, they were like professionals. They weren't like, you know, you got a lot of some of them were military. You follow what I'm saying? Well, you that, got a lot of veterans out there. It was a lot of veterans. That, that was confusing to me, but anyway. But I, you know, I feel like, you know, it's a, it was all inside, you know, because yeah. look how they let them come in. Look how they let oh, them well, do what they do. But a lady was on a, on a bullhorn instructing them where to go yeah. in all the little secret places. But the bottom line is, like you said, they were not seen as a threat. Uh -huh. Every time they came together to riot, we, we have experienced where things got burnt, broken. Um, I mean, we have experienced damage here in Washington, D.C. every time they have come. That has not been the same case. Or if we have a Black Lives Matter movement, a lot of times it's the outsiders that will right. come. And you got to think about who the outsiders are. But they, they send people to do that, to be Absolutely. honest. They, they send people. But a lot of times those be police officers. They cover up their faces. They they throw fire, light set cars on fire, and then they leave. Like they admit, but you can't see who they are. So they send in what they call them people to disrupt it. But for the most for but 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 we all know because most of us been out in the community, you have the people, most it's it's us, you know, we're peacefully protesting, but they send in distractors. That's what I'm gonna call yeah. it. So they can go on the news and say, Oh, these black lives matter people protesting. They were doing A, B, C, and D. But no, they don't be a part of... The, the last time, you know, we started doing... Uh, the last uh, movement I participated here in the city. Uh-huh. When they started doing that, they were like, don't be doing... You know, we were like... protecting." Yeah, yeah we, we were like, doing that here too. We over here burning up trash cans. Like, we was on that ass. We was like, yeah. don't They do started that. doing that here too as well. Because the end of show a reflection back on us as a whole like look at them look at the black people out there they setting stuff right. on fire da, da, da. but but really they got it worse you know we peacefully protested but they got it they were about to burn the capital down and i said well maybe they should get a taste of their own medicine i said to myself i was like i look at it okay i was like they that's they doing that for you know all of these lives that been have been stolen to me that's like payback to them you follow what i'm saying because mm -hmm. to me y'all have been you know, discriminating against us. We have not been receiving, you know, justice, no accountability for ourselves. So let them get a taste of their own medicine from their own people. You follow what I'm saying? So yeah. now what y'all have to say, and then they let these people walk free. Now yeah. they trying to investigate them. Yeah, well, like you said, it should start, it, it, they need to start inside and work their way out. Um, Kamala, our first black President, vice president, uh -huh. and Amanda Gordon. It, 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 was it, it Gorman? The poet. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, the poet, Amanda Gorman. Yeah. Two phenomenal women to meet yesterday that stole the show. And Michelle Obama. And Michelle Obama, she always. With the outfit. She didn't say anything. But so, you know, I, I but I still got her right there in the lineup. Right. But what do you what do you think about this new administration coming in? Do you think it's going to be more the same? I mean, I mean, Pamela is, is hmm. very vocal. She was very vocal when they had the hearings um, not too, this past summer because I was there. I was mm-hmm. there with Merritt at um at the um at the hearings. Okay. And when you say hearings, what what was the hearings the in hearings reference was to? About policing and um okay. yeah, about the whole immune acquired immunity and all of that. Did we get anywhere? I m- we met with Tim um Senator Tim Scott. Did we get anywhere? No, that's when yeah. the president made all types of promises mm-hmm. that he lied. But we're still holding, we're still holding, you know, um, the the whole presidency, the uh-huh. whole accountable. Even uh-huh. though one night we're still saying there's a problem, and what are you going to do about it? And uh-huh. are we expect more of the same? I'm curious. Right. Yeah, and you know, you got to also remember too when uh, she was what the attorney general uh, okay. in. Uh, San and, yeah, San Francisco, California. You know, and actually, to be honest, I have friends that live out there. They they like mad. They were mad as hell with her because they felt like she was not addressing police accountability, but she wanted their vote. And so, yes, you got to start talking like us now. You follow what I'm saying? You want the 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 votes from uh, from the people, but prior to that, you weren't fighting or holding these officers accountable. Like they beg her to uh, prosecute several police officers in her term when she was the attorney general and she did not. So now that we have given her this platform as the vice president, you know, and we're watching, we're looking at, we're watching, we're paying attention. And to me, if they, this administration do not do their job, we're going to get them out of office because people are more woke now. People People are paying attention. You know, you know, because before people just came out and voted in the primary election. But here in Atlanta, when I say we were on the grind, we are on the beat. You know, we were making sure, you know, like these college students here, you know, because I work with a lot of millennials. Like when I say they were on it, making sure people get out to vote. You know, we were on like these last couple, you know, this the DA, because remember, we got to v- vote for DAs. You know, we got to vote for these district attorneys. We got to vote for these sheriffs. We got to vote for these judges. We can't just vote in the primary election. We got to vote in these local elections too. Hey, as look, well. I'm so proud of Stacey Abrams. You know, oh, my, oh yeah, no, I love oh, Stacey Abrams. Too. Oh my God. I mean, now Stacey Abrams, I hope she eventually run for, you know, president, you know, too. She as might well, be like Biden. It might, you know, she might have to get a couple of deny denials, but I, I suspect we'll see her, you know, on that platform again. But we, mm. we're out of time. But I, oh, I you know, I want to represent Howard today, and uh, I wanted to have you here for Stacey Abram for the state of Georgia. All right. <laughs> I hope I represent it very well. <laughs> I just do that together real quick. I know, right. Um, <laughs> but man, I, I love you dearly, Monteria. I love you too. I love you too. And we're going to see each other very soon because you know, 
We got some little sidebar. We, you and I be joking about. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hey, let me make sure. Shout out to everybody that participated in our chat. Um, we have Tara, Demetrius, um, Lucy, Cynthia. Um, they gave. Uh, let me make sure I go through the comments. Um, they very reason I love me some. Oh look, Demetrius said he loved him some black women. Woo, I know that's right, Demetrius. I know that's right. We are so tasteful and flavorful. Thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then um, yeah, and, and Cynthia, yes, everyone. So thank you for joining us on Tilt. We'll see you next week um for another segment of what's going on it with Black Mental Health and Policing in America. Thank you. We love you. Bye. You can reach us after the show. The materia. We can't hear you. You can't hear me? Okay, real quick. Tell them how they can reach you, Monteria. My oh, okay. okay. You can follow me on all social media outlets at Justice for Jamarian. Uh, and I'm also uh, on all social media outlets, too, at uh, Monteria Robinson. So I'm on all social media outlets at Justice for Jamarian. Please follow me and share my son's story. Yes. Thank you. I'm so happy I caught that. Woo. Oh, I, I forgot about it too. I usually say it in the end too as well. But thank you so much for, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.